Welcome into Campo and Joe, our podcast on either the Facebook channel from 1010XL or the 1010XL YouTube channel. We appreciate you guys hanging out with us. Of course, we've got our Campo and Joe podcast wherever you go to listen to podcasts. I'm Joe C. from XL Primetime. That is our head coach, Dave Campo. How you doing, coach? I'm good. I'm good. I'm I'm uh, excited to be doing another uh, podcast. Well, guess what? We're doing a podcast after a win, okay? We haven't done that in a while. Well, that's exciting. That in itself is exciting. Now, let me just start this off, okay, because we're going to break it down. We're we're six games into this season. But just to kind of give people a perspective, this is how we're starting off. This is our first Campo and Joe podcast since they won. The last time they won a football game, Dewan Smoot, Jacksonville Jaguar, linebacker slash defensive end, and his wife. He had just delivered a baby this past week. She wasn't even pregnant the last time they won a football game. Think about that. Well, first of all, that's kind of exciting that uh, Isn't it he was awesome able to do that. I'm yeah. not sure. I'm not sure I could have done that. But uh, yeah, that is that's a long time. Well, that's how long. Wasn't even pregnant the last time this football team won a game. So that is our backdrop. Let's start. Chief Spielberg like that. I I will say one thing, though. It's nice to see you smiling. Yeah, I am. Everybody's, you know, we've got a smile on our face today. It's really good because I don't know where it's going to go. That's actually what I'm going to ask you as we kick off our show because we're six games in. I want to get an idea from you where you think this is going to go. But it can be a building block. One win can lead to other wins. So let's just talk about that on the face, just how good it is to, to, to basically see the results. Well, you know, you're in this game to win. And, you know, the frustration starts to mount. Even though you still, if you're a professional, you're mm-hmm. in it, you know, no matter what. But the frustration gets to the point where that's all that's in your mind is, you know, we've got to win one. We've mm-hmm. got to win one. And you win it. And now it's you feel like you can do some things right. up to that point. You're not quite sure what's going to work, what's not going to work. But you can look back at this game mm-hmm. and really you can do two things. Number one, the coaching staff can get critical because after you win, you feel good. Right. Now, hey, if we do this, we're going to win a few more of these ball mm-hmm. games. When you lose, you have to kind of go a little bit with kid gloves mm-hmm. because you know, they're starting to say, hey, wait a minute, you're telling us to do these things, but we're not, right. nothing's happening. Right. The results aren't there. Yes, exactly. All right. So we're going to do some pluses and minuses from the coach's eye. But before we do that, let's at least stay on this game a little bit uh, and just drill down on the 60, second, 60 minutes in London. You had a great story with Matthew Wright. He hits two big uh, field goals at the end of this ballgame. That is crucial. But there are also a few other things that that you may have liked, particularly Trevor Lawrence starting to take control of that offense and James Robinson doing the things he's been doing. Well, I think that, that that's quite evident that, uh, you know, that the coaching staff has figured out our two best players might be the running back and the quarterback. Mm-hmm. So let's get them ready to go. And all of a sudden now Robinson's getting the ball a little bit more, although I think in the future you're going to see him get the ball more. Right. And what that does is that opens up the play-action game for Trevor and allows him to do the things that he does best without having pressure on him mm-hmm. all the time. You know, he can handle pressure, I believe. Uh, drop back when it's critical – He's getting better at that. But when you have play action and you don't have a lot of pressure in your face, now he can kind of relax and do his thing. And I think we're really starting to see what he can do and who he is. He's getting under center more. 
which means that play action is real. It's alive and well in Duval, and you can actually use it. So how, how much more do they push that? Is that, gonna, is that going to be something we're going to see more often than not him getting under center? Yeah, I believe that's going to be the staple of their offense. I think that they've figured out that, number one, teams are using a lot of zone against him mm-hmm. you know, to try to make him – read where he's going with the ball. Mm-hmm. Well, all of a sudden you start running the football and guys are playing zone and you start faking the ball and hand, you know, the faking the hands off, uh, the linebackers start coming and creeping. Right. And all of a sudden you've got some open areas and our receivers are not strong enough to go against man all the time. If you drop back, you can play man if you got good people mm-hmm. and our receivers are not separators. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't have the, the home run hitters. Uh, so I think that we're going to see more and more of that, and and how the running game is going determines how well the pa- uh, the, the play action game. Goes. I think that's I think it's crucial because of what we just said that Marvin Jones is a very capable route runner. He is a proven veteran that absolutely is is that he's refined his technique and he has been able to get open and he has been able to make good plays. But with a without a DJ Chark and a deep threat and Visco kind of primarily slotted for the slot and not playing on the edge, they do need that run game to help them get yeah. free. Yeah, no question. It, it, it helps the receivers as well because, you know, like I say, they don't have separating speed necessarily, although Agnew is mm-hmm. a positive addition yeah, at this nice point surprise. because he does have the ability to, to separate a little bit, and plus he gives them that underneath run-after-catch mm-hmm. opportunities, which is important as well. Uh, I think that those two guys, you look at Robinson, you know, his run after contact mm-hmm. is what makes him special. You know, when he gets hit, oh. he very seldom is oh. going to lose any yardage and he makes lost yardage into gains. And the same thing when you've got a guy that can run after catch, you, you don't have to go downfield when mm-hmm. you don't have a guy that can break the thing open. You get the ball to a guy like Agnew and he has uh, excitability, mm-hmm. uh, explosiveness, that's where he comes into play, and I'm excited that he's with this ball club. Uh, back to what you said about James Robinson not going down, and and I want you to repeat this because you have said this a couple times on the Campo and Joe podcast or on XL Primetime. He reminds you a little bit of Emmett Smith, and that's not to to like people are going, well, wait a minute, you're not comparing him to Emmett Smith, but an Emmett Smith style. Absolutely, I think you know the one thing that, about Emmett was he never lost any yardage. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you could say whatever you want, but if de- if a defense is ga- ganging up against the run, they're going to get hit. And, you know, Emmett was a three-yard, four-yard, three-yard, consistent, four-yard, ten yards. He'd mm-hmm. break one, and all of a sudden he'd go 25. But he, he was a consistent, so different, uh, you know, from that standpoint than Barry Sanders, for example, which right. was a real home run hitter. Mm-hmm. But the consistency kept the defense off the field, yeah. and that's what this offense needs. It's got to keep the defense off the field because the defense is struggling a little bit, mm-hmm. and they're going to get better. But until they do, they've got to hold on to the ball, and it's going to be a low-scoring game. So give me somebody that's going to get four yards, three yards, not lose any ground, Put him in situations where third downs are manageable. Right. That's what he gives you. He's so special. Now, we're going to do a couple more pluses and maybe a minus or two on the offense before we get to the defensive side, but i got to stay on the running game. Now, this might depress a few Jaguar fans out there, but it also should get you a little excited about James Robinson. This is hard to believe, Coach. This team's been around since 1995. 
It is now 2021. You can count up the number of seasons this uh, Jacksonville Jaguar football team has played in the NFL. James Robinson, right now, is number nine on the all-time rushing list for the Jacksonville Jaguars. That is good news, and that is sad news. I'm just going to rattle them off for you. Fred Taylor's at the top. MJD right. is second. Maurice Jones-Drew was here when you were yep. coaching. Yep. James Stewart, third on the list. Leonard Fournette. Then quarterback Mark Burnell, top five team-wise in career rushing on this football team. TJ Yeldon, come on. Then Blake Bortles, come on. Then David Garrard. David Garrard's eighth on this team in rushing coach in 27 years of football. And then James Robinson checks in number nine. Yeah, and that's unbelievable. After two years, yeah. uh, that's that's an that's accomplishment. Unbelievable, but it's unbelievable that yeah. that they haven't had that type of uh, explosiveness. I was fortunate here because I was here with Fred Taylor and Maurice Jones Drew, mm-hmm. so yes. we had the Russian attack to go along because the quarterback, you know, David could run as well. Yeah, uh, that's a really good combo. He was the guy, not Byron Leftwich, who could not move. Mm-hmm. So it's it, you know it's a situation where you know uh, though the running game set the tone for us back then, and we didn't have we had Jimmy mm-hmm. Smith right, which helps you know he could take Heck the top yeah. off. Yeah. Uh, but uh, really the that combination is really what we have right now, and hopefully that continues. All right. So other pluses or minuses. It's okay if you throw a minus out there. Six weeks into this season on the offensive side of the ball. Well, I think the interior, uh, uh, you know, the interior offensive line, when you look at it, the whole offensive line as a whole has not played badly. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, over the course, I believe uh, he's only been sacked. uh, Trevor's only been sacked like nine times, I believe, in six ball games, And that's a that in itself is pretty darn good. But, you know, the interior guys, uh, whether it's the starters in Linder and Khan Mm -hmm. and and Norwell, mm-hmm. or whether it's Barch and Shatley and Richardson, mm-hmm. they're a pretty solid group. And, and they, you know, that's one of the reasons we've been able to run the ball effectively inside. The tackles are good run blockers, both of them. Uh, I think uh, Cam Robinson is playing better than we thought he was going to play. That's a plus. Yeah. Taylor, Taylor, on the other hand, is struggling a little bit. Yeah. Even though he has done some good things, you know that hit that that uh, Trevor fumbled this weekend. Mm-hmm. That was just a clean miss. It was a complete and total. And fail you can't do week. that. And those hits are the ones that get your quarterback hurt. Yeah. So he's got to improve. And you know, again, it's a it's a little bit of a struggle. I think they hit a jackpot pot with Jones mm-hmm. because I think he's the one guy that you can count on. It's going to make a tough catch right. or get himself into position against zones to, love to be open. Yeah. No question about it. I think that's a plus. We've already talked about Agnew. Mm-hmm. I think Chenault's got to get a little bit more involved, and, and I think he will as he go along. But the other guy I like is Arnold. Mm-hmm. I think at least, and, and I think we talked about it on uh, on primetime. Right. Uh, he may not be a, as good a total tight end as O'Shaughnessy, which mm-hmm. I kind of like O'Shaughnessy. Yeah. Hadn't been able to stay on the field. That's but a good problem. inline, bo- in, inline but blocker. But inline blocker and can run some routes yeah. and can make a tough catch. But the one thing Arnold gives you is that same run after catch. So now, in my opinion, you've got two guys 
that you can get the ball where you're not, you can get rid of the ball. Mm -hmm. You don't have to be in a situation where you have to sit back down a seven-step drop. Right. And they can make some plays for you. And that's what they need. Uh, you know, I, and the other thing that kind of jumps out at me is Dan, Dan Arnold, I do like as a move tight end that can that can do things and at least present another element in the passing game, which they haven't had when it comes to the tight end. But if you go back to the Gardner Minshew days and heck, we can go back to the Blake Bortles days, the yards per attempt, very, very low. And a lot of plays were being made right or at just beyond or right at the line of scrimmage. At the very least, Trevor, when he first started, he was pushing the ball way down the field. Right. Now he's starting to hit some intermediate. He's got a little touch with the short game. Those are all going to add up to some Absolutely, good. and I think that's what we have with this team right now. Uh, we have a, a, a he's going to he's getting better at getting rid of the ball, mm-hmm. which is going to help the offensive line. And we have guys that can get into open areas, and teams are playing a lot of zone against them trying to confuse Trevor. Mm-hmm. And I think Trevor's getting better at seeing that. I think he's a little bit slow in using his – he's hanging a little bit too long on some some throws and not using his feet the way he can. Mm-hmm. And I think he's getting better at that, and he's got to get better than that because if he sees it, he can make yardage. Oh There's no question about yeah. it. He can run. And he's got – yeah, he definitely has size. He's got the ability to take off and run. He's got a good set of wheels. Uh, let's stay on the offense for one more, the coaches, because I really think the coaches are starting to turn the corner. And I think – I know that you don't like clobbering coaches. You are a coach. You're respectful of the job that they're doing, and I respect you, you doing that. But at the same time, this – Coaching staff looked a little disjointed. Team looked a little disjointed. And they may be turning a little corner. Yeah, I don't think there's any question about that. And I think that's on both sides of the ball. And, I, and we've talked about before the fact that none of those, not very few of those guys had ever worked together. Mm-hmm. And, Which is a big hurdle to get over, right? Right. And it's a new team. Mm-hmm. You know, they they hadn't been with the team other than the, a couple of defensive coaches. Right. You know, this was a relatively new group. So my experience is going in with a new team, you don't really know exactly what each guy can do. You know what he can do in practice, but what happens in a game is different. Right, right. And there are guys that look good in practice and don't play very well. And there are guys that look bad in practice that do play well at doing certain things. Mm-hmm. I think they're getting better at that. I think that right now they've figured out offensively that they have to control the ball and they have to do it without making Trevor make every play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the important thing to me. I yeah. think in the end, when you look at the drives, there are, you know, some of these bad teams. I've seen the Jets, as a matter of fact. As a matter of fact, I saw the Jaguars last year mm-hmm. go three or four, three or four and outs yeah. in a row. Terrible. And you can't do that because that hurts not only your ability to score, but it helps your it hurts your defense, mm-hmm. you know, to where the other team can score. So I think they're getting more familiar with what they have to do to keep drives going. I think Trevor's helping that because I think he's getting the ball where it needs to get mm-hmm. a little bit better. But it's a coaching. They know they got to give the ball to Robinson. They did not, they have not platooned Robinson and Hyde. And Hyde. Yeah. Hyde. They didn't in this last ball game. Right. Smart. They got to give the ball to their best player, and that's Robinson. If he needs a break, you put him in sure. there. But you don't go series, series mm-hmm. one, series another one, uh, unless you got two 
Right. Great, Unless great you points. Got, yeah, Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb went healthy up in Cleveland, but you're right. Give this guy a blow, let the and then get him right back in there because he needs to build up that lather. Yes, absolutely. And the runners, they want the ball. Yeah. You know, and I think the thing that's also they figured out that in the offensive line, I I hear Leon Cersei say mm-hmm. it all the time. The offensive line wants to run the ball. Oh my gosh. Yes. You know, it, it look at some of these guys that are coming after the passer. Mm-hmm. Those defensive those defensive guys can run now, and all of a sudden, these these offensive linemen got to keep them away from their quarterback. Right, right. Uh, they want to come off the football and make something yeah. happen. Yeah, you and I think to, they've figured that out, that that's got to happen with you this You get team. to inflict as opposed to absorb. Exactly. You can inflict pain. Exactly. Because you're in a defensive position as an offensive lineman if the first step you take is backwards, right? And that's exactly. what they're having to do. Is that's why protection. the DBs have such a problem. They're yeah. going backwards. Yeah. The guy yeah. that's coming at them is going forward. And the guy, guy running the route knows exactly where he's exactly. going. Exactly. All right, so let's get to the defensive side of the ball. And you mentioned the secondary. You don't necessarily have to start with the secondary, but they've had their challenges. They've had guys that have been either uh, down and out health-wise or down and out performance-wise. Tyson Campbell's a good example. He's actually been dealing with both, had the, the thumb injury right. and also had been beaten uh, a bunch. But some of the some of the negatives on the defensive side through the first six games that you think they might be able to to kind of clean up here. Well, first of all, in the first six weeks, they started out again. This is, you know, you've got a guy coming in from Baltimore as, a, as the defensive mm-hmm. coordinator. They're a man football team. Right. We had the same situation when we came into the to the NFL. Mm-hmm. We came from the University of Miami. There were a couple year uh, a couple uh years where we didn't give up more than 150 160 yards in the entire ball game. And Pretty the good. reason for it was we had a great pass rush up front. Mm-hmm. So we played cover 2 two deep, five under. Mm-hmm. Was our base coverage as long as the because the on pressure's the on? Okay, you know, and now you got guys rerouting receivers. Mm-hmm. They're not getting downfield, right. and and things are happening for you. Quarterback's got to make a throw in about two and a half seconds. That's exactly right. Yeah. Now we go to Dallas, and we were going to run exactly what we ran in in Miami. Mm-hmm. We got scorched for fifty something plays over twenty five yards. Whoa. So that's when we, because we didn't have the pass rush. Right. We were playing the cover two, but we couldn't play it because we had no pass rush. Mm-hmm. They're in a situation. And then the next year, we started playing a little bit more zone, four deep, taking the seams away, not allowing the big play. Right. And that's how we started getting better and getting better okay. players. You look at this group right here, they started out playing strictly man. Mm-hmm. And our guys aren't good enough no. to do that. No. Well, they've kind of figured that out and said, look, if we're going to, they were giving up big plays all over the place. The way we're going to have a chance to win is to bend but don't break. Don't give up the big play. And so they've started playing more zone. When they first started doing it, they hadn't had enough practice on it and they mm-hmm. didn't play it very well. In this last ball game, the play action got them a little bit. Right. But they are at least more diversity, and and we have more zone players back there than we have man players. And I think that's probably the most encouraging thing, and I'll, I, not to get too technical, you do a great job of explaining it, but there was a time when it was man under and then zone. Can they do that? Can Yeah, and that's difficult. Okay. But the, I believe that they're going to be a zone team for the rest of the year. Okay. And I think that they're going to use the man in, in, in – 
third and shorts and things where you got to lock up on receivers, you know, or if they have to go after somebody. And to be honest with you, on third down, when you look at the third downs over the full course of the year, although they weren't great this week, right? but overall, they've been good on third down because they have gotten some pressure mm-hmm. playing some man. If you got pressure, you can play a little bit more man. So it's, see, uh, the thing that frustrated me the most, and I don't know that this is going to go away, right? Uh, because you're six games in, you know who you are personnel-wise for the most part, but the tight ends, and for that matter, the receivers, they all torched that secondary. Now, you are correct. The umbrella, keep it in front of you, bend but don't break, all that type of stuff. But Mike Kosecki looked like an all-pro, and for that matter, Tua looked like an all-pro. Yeah, just remember this, though. In that ball game alone, they had two red zone stops, yeah. forced two field goals. That was key. In the second half, they were, and I, I think I have this down, mm-hmm. I think they were uh, interception, punt, touchdown, punt, punt, Yeah. So they did stop, make sure a place. Fourth that, down. Yeah. So they they did what they wanted to do and, and, and in the second half, mm-hmm. and that's why they won the football game. Right. In games past, the second half is what killed them. Mm-hmm. So they are making improvement. They are getting some stops. And, you know, our big thing, even when we were good, uh, and, and part of the thing that made us good back in Dallas mm-hmm. was the offense holding onto the ball to where you didn't have as many opportunities to have to stop. And give the defense a chance to rest. And get a rest. Okay, so I think that that's what's got to happen Mm -hmm. going forward. But the other thing is that when we were good, we were great inside the 20. Okay. Because most of these guys, when you look at the quarterbacks around this league, they're going to be really good between the 20 Mm -hmm. and the 20. Mm -hmm. The ones that separate are the ones that do it when you get inside the 20. Right. And that's where we've got to, if we're going to be a bend but not break, which mm-hmm. is okay, mm-hmm. as long as the offense holds the ball, because there's not going to be that many opportunities, right. play well in the red zone, force the field goals, and you're going to win games. You give up touchdowns, you're going to lose games. And, and this was against a one-win team, so it was Absolutely. exhausting uh, to even get to the point where they could finally win a football game. We all know the great theater at the end uh, with the slider play and then and then obviously the uh, the kick that Matthew Wright made. But it felt like, holy smokes, this team, it, takes, it, take, it took everything they had to beat a one-win Miami team. I don't know if they're going to be able to do that going uh going forward. They're going to have to come up with more inspired efforts. The thing that gets me, Coach, is that while they have improved on both sides of the football, this team still only scored more than 21 points one time, and that was this field goal to yeah, win it. This this weekend. Yeah. Yeah. And and again, uh, to me, mm-hmm. that's who we are. Yeah. If we're going to win games, if the Jags are going to win games, mm-hmm. the, the score is going to have to be kept down. Right. And and again, to repeat, the way the store, score is uh, kept down mm-hmm. is the offense has got to control the football. Now, again, you know, everybody gets paid. Miami, Seattle, Buffalo, they all get paid. Right. Jacksonville gets paid. They're professionals. So there's really not that much difference between teams. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, even the ones that are really good. If you can hold on to the football mm-hmm. and keep the defense off the field and the defense doesn't give up the home run plays, right. 
that's to me the the way they're going to have a chance to win ball games going forward. Even though those teams are are better than yeah. overall than the Miami Dolphins. And let's face it, this, this team they they've had one turnover that or or one yeah one forced turnover that they've made. Uh, they were minus eight. Now I think they're they're. Probably well, they're probably still right at minus eight because they did cough up the football as well. Right. But the bottom line is they weren't scoring a lot. They are cleaning up the uh, turnovers. They are limiting the sacks. Only ten times Trevor's been sacked. So there are baby steps. They hit their very first field goal in week six of the ne- of the of the season. So there's a lot right. of things that have at least happened. All right. So let's just at least as we wrap up, let's take a look at the next six games. Right. And at least give us a little bit of a forecast on what you think could happen. You know, we might go into dreamscape here just a little bit, but what can happen over the next six games based on what has happened? Well, I think the bye comes at a good time. You know, I think that they'll be able to work on fundamentals. They practice probably three times this week. And then they have actually Monday, which is normally just a watch the film day, right? Uh, to where they get an extra practice next week. So that, to me, gives them a little bit of an opportunity going to Seattle to where, uh, you know, they've got a backup quarterback Mm -hmm. in there and Geno Smith. Mm -hmm. uh, You know, he's going to have another game to this weekend to, you know, to get a little bit more comfortable. Mm -hmm. But that's still an advantage over Russell Wilson. Sure. So when you go into the game, when you come off a bye, to me, that gives you a little bit of an advantage. And they can... Because they have the extra time, they can actually go out a day early mm-hmm. uh, across the country, which I believe they will do, just mm-hmm. like they did in London. Right. Uh, they'll go on on probably Friday. Mm-hmm. Uh, that gives them a chance in that ball game. Now going forward, you know they're playing good teams, Buffalo. Oh uh, you know you can name them. Yeah. Uh, well, they at least get Indy twice, which are potentially gettable. Yes. Houston one more time. Yes. In the in the bank. Tennessee, we always know, is a worry when you go up to Nashville. Right, that right. ain't easy. Yeah. But they got the Patriots. They got a few other ones. The yeah. Jets. And Those to, are gettable games. To me, that's what you go on. You go on the fact that in that bunch, mm-hmm. there are good teams where you would say, you know, chances right. are we're not going to beat Buffalo. Right. I mean, I think I can say that, mm-hmm. you know, today. With confidence. Yeah, pretty good confidence. And But guess what? That happens too. I mean, yeah. they didn't look very good this weekend. Yeah. So it can happen. But when you have teams that you look at and you say, you know, they're better than we are, but I see some things here and there right. that we can take advantage of, you got a chance. And I, to me, I'm still looking at progress this That's year. That's the key. The key is going to be, you look at Dallas this year. Mm-hmm. Who are two of the top guys Dak and Zeke. Yeah, but how about C.D. Lamb and Diggs? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. They took them back-to-back in the draft. and Michael Parsons. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They took them back-to-back in the draft. Yeah. The draft is going to be the key going forward. Yeah. Those are stars. And, you know, they've got a group this year, and, you know, some of them are not producing. You can't do anything about the running back. Mm -hmm. But going forward, I'm looking for progress with the guys that are going to be here Mm -hmm. going forward. And I think you're seeing some of that, right. especially with the quarterback. Let's so wrap I, on that. I, I think this six games is going to be a training mm-hmm. for what's going to happen next year and the year after, to be honest with you. Let's wrap on that. That was positive, Coach. That was a feel-good way to end this show. Yeah. Spielberg is smiling. Everyone's happy out there. We're 1-0, baby. That's We're on right. a win streak That's right, right now. All right? Yep. So yeah. let's gather again next week. 
before they lose another game. And we'll start. <laughs> we'll to... talk a little bit about Seattle. I'll take a good look at them and see where we're at. All right, that sound good? Yeah, I feel better about Geno Smith than I do yeah. Russell Wilson. You got though. that right. All right, Campo and Joe, appreciate all y'all watching Facebook Live, catching us on the 1010XL uh, YouTube page, or listening at 1010XL.com. Campo and Joe, have a great day.